0: Welcome to this bonus episode of the Her Story Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and today I'm joined by my dearest friend, Tasha Hunter. Tasha and I met via Instagram exactly one year ago this month, in October of 2020. We met at a time when we were both experiencing a loss of community and an unraveling of our faith. We were both living in an invisible wilderness of sorts, seeking real friendships and true community where we could bring our full selves to the table In this episode, we talk about that. We talk about our faith unraveling, leaving the church, and opening yourselves up to friendship after being hurt. As our friendship has deepened over the last year, we found others seeking the same sense of community and belonging. Inspired by our own Little Women's Retreat this past month with a small circle of amazing women, Tasha and I share a little bit about our vision for the future in creating a safe space for more women to join our circle of belonging. We're imagining and dreaming better, That the church, community, and friendship don't have to be the source of hurt and trauma, but rather a place of true being, belonging, and healing. So take a seat, grab a cup of coffee, and listen in on our conversation. Tasha, welcome to the Her Story Speaks podcast. Hi. So I was looking back through... My, our text Instagram texts. The first time I asked you to be on my podcast was October 26th of last year. So this is like a year later. And that was three days after, after we met online. So I feel like this is like a friend, friendiversary. Yeah. October 23rd was the 2020 was when I first sent you an Instagram message. And
1: let's see, last October, I was only on Instagram. I had been on there for just a few months. I had gotten on Instagram, like in March hmm. And so I maybe had just maybe a few hundred, like maybe two, three hundred or something people. And I saw you as a celebrity, just so you know that.
0: <laughs> That's embarrassing, but. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I was oh. like, you're such a big person and you had had Marcion on and Dr. Shaniqua Walker and Sarah Bessie. And, and I thought you, you interview celebrities and you want to interview me. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember texting you through, you told me what inferior, the inferiority complex yeah. that you had. And then yes. you reprimanded me not so long ago for saying I felt that. And I'm like, Yes, what? She she yeah. told me that, but I can't say it. But yes, I yes. mean, doesn't that just show you we all just have this inferiority? Like we feel like we're not worthy. Because I never have seen myself like that, and I just see like. We're also, we're all very equal. And so I was just thrilled that you said yes. And I did, I did instigate the friendship um, Mm -hmm. with that first Mm -hmm. message to you because I think I saw that you had been following me Mm -hmm. and commented or like. And I always am curious who, who is following or liking me. But what I want to talk about today is that we both were in places of being hurt or losing community or losing the church, but yet. We opened ourselves back up, which is really hard to do um, after you've been hurt or felt abandoned. And we said yes, and especially you saying yes to a white woman after what you had things that you had experienced. So I want to talk about that today how to get people to that place, give people hope, and then a little bit what we envision for the future as far as community. Because I think we got a taste of it, both you and I, this time last week when we were with Patricia and Shay and. Monica and Diana. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Introduce yourself. I forgot to do that. Everybody I think knows who you are because now you're a celebrity,
1: but go ahead. And introduce yourself. <laughs> I need that celebrity money. <laughs> <So> right. <laughs> I, I am a survivor of many types of traumas. I consider myself to be a really authentic black woman who is focused on living my truth, and really specifically the truths that formerly I would be ashamed of um, and want to hide. I am a lover of, of twerking and also Jesus. And then I'm also a therapist, a speaker, an author.
0: You're all of it and more, but in a nutshell, that's what you are. And you are just an amazing human and friend and you've been a best friend to me this last year like I've never had and um, I'm just so grateful for you and to have some real conversations every month and this one is is going to be a little lighter than maybe some that we'll dig deeper into but we're going to be on we're going to be on good behavior today and talk about some things right okay we are So going back through our messages, one of the things that connected us early on was you saw that I um, was not connected. I had been to Evolving Faith and was sharing things. And you were like, oh, I see that you are into, you know, you've been to Evolving Faith that you're involved and you were too. So I'm just curious where, because I think anybody that's been involved in attending Evolving Faith, watching it, something in your life has brought you to that point. You don't just like, oh, this looks like a fun Christian event. So I'm curious with your own life, if you would share like what it, what had happened, what had gone on with your faith, the church, what were you questioning that brought you to the point of, of evolving faith and needing that?
1: Yeah, uh, all of my adult life, I had attended, quote unquote, non-denominational churches, which aren't truly non-denominational ever. Uh, sometimes they are... Uh, Pentecostal holiness or free will Baptist or, you know, but, but there's, there's some kind of denomination that is like their leadership that they're, that they're under. And anyhow, and I had attended these non-denominational churches and the older I got, I just realized that I never fit in to any of it. And even when I go back to my childhood, I never felt like I fit in or believed the version of God and Jesus that was being preached. And one thing kept coming up for me at various phases of my life, and it was the words, God is bigger. Mm -hmm. Because I would think about, okay, this is what I'm being taught, but what about the people who live in villages, who live across the world, who may never have a Bible or hear the word of God as it's being preached to me, does this mean that they're going to hell when they have no concept? They don't speak this language, and and so something kept coming up that kept telling me God is bigger. So Andre, I just wanted to feel love of God, and to have a connection to Jesus and to God without the shame, without the condemnation. And so, evolving faith is where I found that relationship and others who were interested in the same thing.
0: For those that don't know volume Faith, that's not happening this year, but um, it is for people that are questioning the church, God, deconstructing all of that. And we found, we both found ourselves in a similar completely different life stories, but in a similar point in our faith journey. And one of the texts that you sent me early on was like a few pages of your book. And I went back to those this morning and I'm like, oh my God, so powerful. And so what I fell in so many, and you said, I belong to churches that follow a script. I didn't have within my reach and could not abide to. I lost myself trying to emulate a standard upheld by others. Church clicks and school clicks seemed identical. Both taught me to hide the truth about myself. I listened to the way church members discuss anyone classified as other. What I observed in church didn't mirror what I'd read about Jesus. He welcomed, encouraged, led, prayed, healed, and fed people. I realized and called to be like Jesus. And then you go on, but I'm like, your words are still powerful and so relevant. And what so many of us feel Tasha. And I know that's, yeah. that's why we connected. And I think, The world right now, I mean, maybe we're just more aware of it because of social media, but so many are in this place of deconstruction, reconstruction, leaving the church. I mean, I think the Trump presidency did it and made us question this faith that we've been fed and the whole, you know, LGBTQ community that's feeling ostracized. So, so many of these things. So I know you and I are not alone in how we felt last year. I think there's so many people. And one of the things you wrote me last year, you said wilderness. Maybe you and I can chat about this one day. I've been in this state. No one realizes it. It's an invisible
1: wilderness. Yeah.
0: So talk about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, I felt last year and it's, it's so like, I'm just thinking Andrea that a year ago, I had been in this invisible wilderness in which I felt like I was walking through the jungle by myself, Mm -hmm. unresourced, (laughs) just all alone feeling just the depth of of loneliness and, and, and wanting more, wanting community, wanting true relationships, wanting to be loved wholly, completely, wanting to be more than all of that, wanting to be understood. And it was just really hard for me to talk to anybody about what i was feeling because there was nobody in my life that identified with me i wanted other women in my life that i could just be honest with and i had lost i don't know that i lost all my friends it just we're just not we weren't friends i just and and i entered therapy maybe two years ago i can't remember i'm bad on time Heartbroken over some relationships that had ended. And I just said, I don't know who's safe anymore. And so, that part of your book, I have this image that remains burned in my brain of even what I'm wearing. And me, I had always thought that one day I'm going to be a minister. One day I'm going to speak, I'm going to lead things in church, and I will be able to tell my story, my authentic story, and even my queerness. And even my suicide attempt, and I will be loved and, and I will belong. And that was just my fantasy. Well, I don't see it as a fantasy now. Now it's something I'm working towards.
0: Mm-hmm. That's making me tear up because that's what, yes, yes, keep
1: going. I interrupted. And and, and I think that now what God has, has done is is shown me what it looks like to create my own version of church. And it's, it's not about a brick and mortar, it's about relationship. And so through Evolving Faith, I'm seeing these relationships. I'm seeing, here's the most beautiful thing, Sarah Bessie and Rachel Held Evan, love her so much wherever you are, really highlight and, and, and put to the forefront people of color and black women.
0: Yeah.
1: And I said, oh, okay, they're the real deal. And then when I saw that you were also following evolving faith and in that same journey, that meant a lot to me. And then when I talked about the invisible wilderness, you felt the same way.
0: Yeah. There's definitely something out of whack with the church and our faith and spirituality if if so many women, men too, are feeling this way. And that is definitely how we connected. And, you know, I was and still am do try to elevate those voices of women of color, because I think there's so so much that we can learn. And I thought about this a lot that, you know, Black women do not need white women at all to lift them up, to elevate them. They don't. They just need us to get out of the way and quit taking up so much space. Mm -hmm. And this last year has been so full of learning from you and Patricia and just all the other voices from women of color. And I just think... We need so much of that. And I just appreciate as you continued to raise your voice. And I know that was another connection for us as you were starting a podcast. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what can I do to help you? Because you need need to be speaking and you need to be out there. But going back to what you envision, and that was something else that you had sent me from your book that you talked a little bit about. You said, when I reflect on the different congregations I've been part of through my walk with God, many churches fell short of my needs and expectations. In my dreams, I often get a glimpse of the church I would one day like to attend, a truly non judgmental, grace filled church. It's an intimate setting with a culturally and racially diverse congregation with leadership that mirrors its diversity. We would all be set free by our ability to be openly frank and honest. We'd support social justice, advocacy, and open our doors to strangers. So that was a dream, a vision that you've had. And last Sunday, when we sat with the women, on that dog Sunday morning, having breakfast and talking. I thought this is church. This This is what she was envisioning. I mean, this is, it's a smaller scale, but it's exactly what it is.
1: It is. Andrea, it was in church or around church people who, where I first heard those Mexicans need to get out of our country. They need to go back to where they came from. They don't belong here. It was from church people and some of your listeners have heard me say that the pastor, I wanna say his name so bad, but I won't, said Oprah don't love Jesus. She don't know God. She's not a Christian. And it came out of nowhere. It was in church that I heard women talk about other people in the church who were not dressed nicely. They were dirty or their dress was too short or too tight, or they did. They looked unkempt. It was in church that I heard people say that if you are gay, you are going to hell, mm-hmm. that there is no room in the kingdom for you. And I knew, without knowing it, I knew that that couldn't be representative of God. And so in my fantasy, I want to belong to people and to a church, quote unquote, where everybody's in if you're trans, if you're queer, if you've had an abortion, if you don't dress the best, no matter what race, culture, creed, whatever, whatever your gender, sexuality, doesn't matter, you belong. And for me, I live in a small town. I'm in Goldsboro, North Carolina, very small town, but these, this culture exists all over the world. I knew that at some point, Maybe I wouldn't find that place, but that I have within myself to create that. And that's really important. And I'm gonna work really hard to just kind of bring other people in who believe like I believe, because I want people to know you're all in, you belong. You don't have to be any different, however you were born you are welcome, you are loved, you are protected here. And I didn't get that in all the years and all the churches that I belong to, it was all based on conformity. And I don't think that, that Christ came <laughs> to make us all, you know, if the Bible says that we are, we are beautifully and wonderfully made, nothing in the Bible says that we need to conform <laughs> right and and so so now I know the truth and I'm looking for other truth tellers
0: I think you've from talking to you and just reading like what you wrote you've had that a handle on that a little bit throughout your life like huh, hmm, this is just not right whereas I think I was like okay I guess this is right I'll conform and be exactly what you want and because one that's privilege I mean I'm a white middle upper class girl I can do that and I think you were like, well, I can't exactly conform to what all these people want. I'm a queer yes. woman, I'm a black woman, all these things. And so I think that's though why we both experienced in different ways but we both have this vision of like, no, there's others that need to be. But I, before we get to that, I wanna know, mm-hmm. cause I'm sure people are in the space of being mm-hmm. hurt and not wanting to open up. I mean, I can be very much like, you no, know, I'm done with people i done mm-hmm. with church, I'm not opening up to any more hurt. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that place, how do you get past like being open
1: to relationships?
0: I mean, how were you in that place? Because you had been hurt. How did you open your
1: heart up? It's like I told Shay, when we were all together, I kept getting my heart broken. Mm-hmm. And, and I distinctly remember, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, I was in my bathroom. It's been a while ago, I was in my bathroom and sitting on the golden throne and and I was crying and I was just asking God I said please God please give me real friends real people that love me they've got to I'm a person that I have all this love in my heart I know that these people exist and Andrea when I tell you I was so broken and inconsolable And I just, all I knew was just talk to God, just, just tell God everything that you're feeling. And I just let it all out. And I said, God, please, I just want real friends. I just want belonging. I don't have a family of origin where I belong, where I'm protected, where I'm loved. So my friends are my family. I need family. Now that is the truth. And so I just started journaling and started thinking, what would that look like for me? And, and is it okay to feel the hurt, but at the same time, open my heart just a little bit for the possibility of exactly what I'm wanting? And the answer for me was, yes, I can feel the hurt, acknowledge it, and at the same time, open my heart to the possibility that this can happen for me, and I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to try to make it happen, try to introduce myself to people and make them be my friend because I've done that in the past. You know, hey, I need a friend. Do you need a friend? Let's do Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm going to wait. And the people that come in my life will be definitely God sent. Yeah. I knew that it had to be some kind of divine interaction, but it started with me just being open. And so many times when we get hurt. We close off our hearts. We close off the possibility. We give up. And I've never been a person that's really wanted to give up, even when I've lost what felt like I lost everything. I'm always asking God, okay, what's what's next? This can't be it. So I think it's because I've remained open that you came into my life. Mm -hmm. And then things just happened. From, from there and it's been beautiful and it's been unexpected and it's been shocking and it's been scary. And it's, it's been in some ways, even triggering, mm. it's been triggering with the relationships that I have with you and with the others. Well, I've had relationships before. I'm a relationship kind of a person. I'm a lover through and through. And I'm asking myself, you're here today, but will you be here tomorrow? But there's something different in our friendship for the first time in my life, I'm different. I'm actually the person that I've always wanted to be. I'm still working towards better, but I'm presenting to you the real me. And I've never done that with anybody else. So I'm different. And so that, because I'm different, that can create a chance to have something different and something real and authentic.
0: I feel that so much because I've thought about last weekend and what made that different because usually I can't wait to get out of those social situations like women's retreats hate them church retreats hate them and it was just the most comforting easy space to be in and I think that's because we all knew we could bring our full selves and people were everybody there was still going to love us we could Mm -hmm. let the cuss words fly we could let the real talk fly and everybody was still going to love us and I think in the past at least me, I'm always like, oh, how much is too much? Or how much is like, oh, not enough. And always calculating what people are going to be okay with. But you're right to say that those old tendencies, because I know, you know, the first time, our, our first tense moments, arguments, whatever you want to call it, this past year, like that was really hard. And I immediately was feeling like, I just don't even need friends. Like, I'm sure this is just going to end our friendship. She's not going to want anything to do with me anymore. And maybe it is just easier not to have friends. Cause so our minds, I guess you're a
1: therapist, like that, is that a protection that we had to go back to? Yeah. It's, it's an avoidance of pain. Yeah. The, the look, the little disagreement that, that we had, I wrote in my journal And I said, you don't always have to leave. You don't always have to burn bridges. You don't always have to throw it in the fire. You can stay and you can have conversations that are hard and vulnerable and you can cry your eyes out and you can state your point of view, And but you can also hold space and listen to the other person's point of view. You don't always have to leave. The relationship can remain and get through this. And so... That was different for me because I'm used to running. If I'm uncomfortable, if I'm afraid, if I'm angry, I run away. I say goodbye. I don't know what else to do but say goodbye because I don't want to keep getting hurt. But also my heart is huge and I'm an emotional person and I don't want to do anything to hurt others. And up until our friendship, I didn't realize that in leaving that creates more hurt and not talking that creates more hurt. And so it just, I just wrote in my journal, you can stay.
0: Yeah. And I remember the conversation that we finally had and I got off and I was like, that was just the most refreshing, mature, honest conversation. And I guess this is how it's done in in real true friendship. And I know part of like talking about bringing your full self and me, like, Oh, she's probably so done with me. It's because you saw like the really anxious side of me and the really like, and I am a people pleaser and I do want to pour and I don't want to hurt anybody, but I know how my anxiety can overcome. And it's like, you saw that you saw a bad side of me, but you still stayed. And it was, it was beautiful. And it showed me a lot. It showed me what I retreat to do to say for safety, but then also what, what true real friendship is. Yeah. So then that brings us to, and that's what I want to make sure people understand, like, it's just not all just easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it is work like any relationship and you hear that, but, and not work like that's exhausting all your energy work. Okay. It's like bringing your full self and being committed, committed to that. And I was just recently listening to the podcast with Glennon Doyle, the most recent one. And they talk it was on a different subject, but they talk about like, it's going to be work and it's going to cost you whichever road you take, whether that's for this situation, isolating, letting nobody else in, that takes work and that's is painful, but opening it, yourself up. Yeah. takes work and can be painful. Yeah. But which do you wanna risk
1: with that? Which do you wanna risk? And if you're in relationship with people, you are gonna go through different phases of that relationship. And I think that if you can get through some uncomfortable times, well, that's how you get to know me deeper and who I am and what I'm all about. And I get to know you deeper. And hopefully we love each other even deeper. And it, and it just, you know, that that bond is stronger. But if you always give up and walk away and talk crap about, you know, and all, all those toxic behaviors that I was used to, then you're back at square one. And the thing about me is, and I used to pride myself in this almost, Andrea, is I would I would say- once my mind is made up, once or once I change my mind, I am done. The switch turns off. Once I make my mind up about a church, if you say something or, or a therapist, I, when I first started with my therapist, love her so, I'm going to ask her to listen to this. <laughs> I'll say to her, if you say something stupid, I am done. <laughs> I am not going to be coming to you if you say anything that makes me uncomfortable or makes me feel unsafe. Did you start so, cancel culture? Did you, are you the starter? Of- <laughs> I feel like I was, yes. It's like, once I have a decision, I just go with that. But how freaking toxic is that? Yeah. And detrimental. When I say that I'm a lover, how can I be a lover if I'm constantly giving up on people and not giving people a chance and not being willing to have hard and comfortable, vulnerable conversations? In mm-hmm. the year that you've known me, I think that I've cried more than I ever have possibly in my life Mm -hmm. and I'm just letting it all out. And, And you have been a witness, a safe witness to so much of my pain. And I understand people pleasing behaviors. I understand anxiety and have so much compassion for what you've been through. But I got to bring that compassion into our friendship and understand that when you do certain things and when I do certain things, it comes from a hurt place. And a lot of that time, a lot of times that's from childhood yeah. and I'm going to love you through it. And I know you're going to love me through it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this past weekend, you really were the impotence for that. I mean, yeah, I kind of help organize, but the gathering of the women that we had, that was just amazing. I think that goes back to part of your dream you had in the book of what you see for quote church or community. And you were very intentional this last year of being like, she's hurting. She needs, she needs somebody or you need to meet this person. You really were. And I don't want anybody to look at that weekend and like, why wasn't I invited? It really was like, we had to keep it small for COVID and travels, but it really was an intentional group of ladies that you felt you could feel their pain and their hurt and you knew they needed that community. Mm -hmm. So talk just a little bit, maybe about that or to other people that, I want that too. I want what they have.
1: Sometimes I feel like I carry Sojourner Truth energy, like her spirit is in me. Mm. And whether it's through therapy or my podcast or my writing, anything that I'm doing, it's like if I obtain any good thing, any blessing in my life, I want other people to have it. I want to bring other people along. Let me go and get you. And so this past year, I just have, I kept saying, I want real relationship. I want community. Community kept coming up. How do we create this community? Community, Okay, there is Evolving Faith, but social media, I can't be tied to the Evolving Faith Facebook group. Sorry, can't do it. That's a community, but that's not really what I'm looking for. I want in-person, face-to-face, real connection. And I would read Jen Hatmaker's post about all of her friendships and her her friends that have been friends for 20 plus years. And I would feel so jealous and triggered. Like, oh, I want that for myself so bad. Why can't I have that? I'm a good person. Yeah. I like, I like get togethers and sleepovers and vacationing together. I want that. Right. And I just kept thinking about it and really manifesting this is who I want in my life. These are the kinds of women I want in my life. If I can at least put myself out there a little bit and they put themselves, you know, out there a little bit, maybe we can kind of create that. And you were game for all of it. Plus <laughs> you invited me to your house to trap, you know, to come and stay. And you didn't know me. And it's that was been- all the divine. I mean,
0: it's not like I do that often, you know, and I'm pretty sure right. you don't just go travel to a no. white family's house in the Midwest very yeah. often and stay with them very often.
1: Bless. <laughs> No, no. So, so having conversations, you know, I met Letty, talked to her, mm-hmm. met Patricia. Cause that was yeah. our early summer trip. Yes. Yeah. That was our early, that early summer trip. That's right. And everybody was going through the same yes. thing and then meeting Shay and then she called me one day and she told me her story and all of her hurts and previous relationships and then hearing Patricia's story and then talking to Monica. And I'm just like, we got to do this. Right, right. But then th- the gift of social media is that you have these beautiful followers that follow you because they believe in what you're saying and what you're putting out, most of them. And then saying, oh, I wish I, I had that or I want to do this or that or, you know. And so they're they're supporting our podcast, they're supporting, they're in our book club, anything we do, they, they want to be a part of it. And I can't wait to travel. My goal, my dream is to travel and meet these beautiful people.
0: And you are good at pushing me at that early on because it's all, mm-hmm. I mean, we both have some anxiety, social anxiety, which is surprising, but, but we also both know the benefit, like pushing ourselves and mm-hmm. what's what the outcome is when you keep saying yes and push yourself. And that is what you, for me, have pushed me to like, let's meet them. Let's go do this. Let's, because I would not do that. But yeah. I think just my friendship with you has shown me like, wow, there, there can be something really, really great from this. And we got a taste of it at the beginning of summer. Mm-hmm. And like you said, connecting with these other women that had such similar stories of like, having a social media presence. I mean, we know Shay, we know Patty, but also mm-hmm. feeling alone and abandoned and hurt. And so that's how last weekend came about, but we do, I mean, you especially, but I am on board and we've been talking Envision something bigger now we can't mm-hmm. replicate what we had. Cause that was intimate with six of us. That's
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what we want other people to find people and, and create, but, I think that can start with a, with a bigger, a bigger retreat conference. And that's what we have envisioned that we're just starting to yes. talk about for next, next October, going to yeah. celebrate our anniversary French our friend anniversary or whatever that's called mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. October mm-hmm. and invite lots more women to the table that have yeah. s- smaller tables, have me, yes. you, Shay, all of us there and some others leading. So talk about that a little bit. I know we're just in the prelim- preliminary dreaming
1: talking stages. Yeah, there's so much that, you know, each of us have our own individual gifts and things that we're just really really good at. And what would it look like for us to create a retreat space where we share our pain, our story, but it's also a place of healing and restoration, right? Of of women coming together and yeah, they get to know us a little bit more and we share some, some some things we've been through and we share how we got through it, but we also have individual little uh, kind of fireside chats and workshops and things and opportunities for them to get to know each other and have vulnerable conversations. So, so there's a, so building that community I mean, not v- just social media, we're going to bring these people together and and then they get to meet face-to-face, some people that we're already in community with and, and maybe others, I'm sure a lot others that are going to, that are come along. And so maybe we'll talk about grief and maybe we'll talk about anxiety and maybe we'll talk about trauma. Maybe we'll talk about uh, self-worth and, and some self-esteem stuff and, and being your authentic self and maybe we'll talk about decolonization. We'll talk about leaving purity culture and what that means and what that involves. Um, and, and maybe we'll talk about sex and sexuality and owning your body in a new and different way. And we haven't really come up with all the topics yet, but what I want the people to understand that that attend is that you can build relationships. It's not too late. You're not too broken. You are good enough. You do belong. Yeah. And they, they leave knowing, oh, this is, these are my people. And I think that, that when we create this, cause we're already in the process of creating it, this is the church that Christ came to teach us. This is, this is community. This is church right here. That's what we're doing.
0: That's right. Right. And you have a line later in your book, towards the end, it says, many of us are suffering in silence, just waiting for someone to give a damn. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's what thats what we want to do. We want to show you we give a damn. We do. Yeah. And there's others that do. There's others that are suffering, but there's lots of people that give a damn, even though you yeah. feel alone in that wilderness people care we care and we want to bring people together that feel like they are alone but realize that a lot of other people give a damn about where they're at and welcoming yeah. them to the table. Yeah. What we'll wrap up here shortly Tasha but what would you say? I guess to those folks that are sitting in that right now cuz I can I think we both can just feel that pain. I know what that feels like that are like yeah right they're saying that but no I am alone and whatever, like the folks that really are just sitting in the weight of that.
1: I want to say, first of all, I understand it. When I say to you that I've had my heart broken so many times, I'm telling you I have. Uh, I've had a habit of being kind of gullible with people I trust easily because I, I crave relationships so deep, so deeply. Um, when I don't, when I'm not in relationship with people, I feel deprived. I feel starved. And so um, I'm always kind of in the process of building relationships so that I'm not in a starvation mode. I need people. So if you're, if you're that way and you're feeling like this will never happen for me to me, it's not going to happen. I would say, bring back hope, (laughs) bring back a little bit of hope, bring back a little bit more belief in yourself and and, and maybe question where that comes from because you do deserve good people in your life that you can trust and that respect you and that know how to hold space for you and that reciprocate all the love and attention that, that you freely give out to other people. And, and maybe if you join, you know, it, or in community with Andrea and I, we can kind of help you with that too. And you can meet other people. And I just want you to know that it is not too late and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already in community with us. So just join us next October is what I wanna tell you.
0: That's right, that's exactly right. <laughs> and I mean, our, our book Reading Circle has blossomed into something really beautiful too. Um, I feel like that's just a really good safe space for women to come and share and talk about. We have a lot of women in the, in the wilderness or that are deconstructing or gone through purity culture or, or whatever. And we'll be starting up another. We're in the middle of one right now, but we'll starting be starting another one in the new year. So look for, look for that. And then the other thing I would say, and we've talked about that, is your people just might not be the people that are right next door to
1: you. Andrea, can I please talk about that? Absolutely, go for it. I want you to. Oh my god, that is so important because previously my friendships were with people that were in close proximity to me, so they were my neighbors. They lived right next door. They lived in my neighborhood. They were people that I worked with. They were people that I attended church with. And what we have discovered in our beautiful, amazing friend group, the six of us, is that our friendships are real and true. They exist, but that it's not based off of proximity, it, it's not based off of this commonality of of we're attending mom and tots group or something, we're attending Bible study, we're attending Proverbs thirty one weekly Bible study, you know. I'm feeling triggered, okay? So. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 we are willing because we love each other. We're going to travel to come and see each other. Yeah we're going to, we're going to carve out a little bit of time yeah. and you make time for the things that you care about. Yeah. And so our friendships are so intentional. Yes. You do need that in order to build true and lasting friendships. And that's what we've seen. It's nothing. Uh, and not everybody has this privilege. And I do recognize my own privilege in being able to be a therapist and make my own schedule and all of these different things. So not everybody can just get on a plane and go. But we're all kind of, you know, we we have this kind of privilege where we can we can carve out some time. And so it takes intentionality. And then if there's I also want to say one last thing is, is if you're out there and you're thinking, but I'm afraid I have anxiety. Andrea has anxiety. I have anxiety. Not only do I have generalized anxiety disorder, that's a a diagnosis, okay, for people, and I am in therapy, I'm a therapist with a therapist, but I have social anxiety. And Andrea, for the first time this last trip, got to see how terrible my anxiety gets around meeting new people, but I will not let that stop me. I'm gonna be sick, I might have a panic attack, I will have a panic attack, but then it goes away and, and I get through it it doesn't last. It's so you got to confront your figure. It's okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, and which people could be, I mean, I'm shocked that but that about you because you just seem so outgoing and you just, like you said, you love people. You have a big heart, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that's the facade that people see on Instagram or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's like reality is we all have these things we're dealing with. I mean, I don't want to share other people's things, mm-hmm. but yes, right. Huge anxiety. I know people, I know my family or people that used to know me probably see that and like, well, she's doing all this stuff. Right. Like, that is not her because right. it's not. But I also know the other side of not doing that stuff or not being in, you mm-hmm. know, really strong friendships. And that's a really lonely place to be too. It is. Um, and one of the things that you just said, and I wrote it before you said it, when you're talking about, you know, being friends with only the people in your Proverbs 31 group or whatever. Um, okay. This is not a friendship of convenience. It's a friendship of intentionality. And you said that word intentional as I was writing it down. And I mean, I think that's what people have to look at. What do you want? A convenient friendship that you can't be yourself or a friendship that you're really intentional but you bring your full self to the table. And I think that's what yeah. people have to look at and really. Yeah. And I think so many women in middle age, I was thinking about this, I'm like, we're all at that middle age. Like, I think the midlife crisis is a, is a real thing. Cause you just start like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, what is real? What is true? What do I want? What don't I want? Because we've figured that a lot of that out. And what life do I want to create going forward?
1: When sometimes we say we want real friendships, but you have to present yourself as real in order to bring real into your life, in order to have real relationships. Yes. yes. And Andrea, I wasn't real before I thought I was, but what I was presenting to others was what I thought they wanted me to be what was a, you know, the, the approved version of myself, very edited version of myself. Yes. So if you want real, authentic relationships based in truth, you have to be based in truth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not always easy. So I would say go on a quest to find out what is your truth? What do you really believe in? Yeah. What heel are you willing to die on? And I know some of those hills now and I didn't know it before.
0: That's what I was going to say, because I think back and I don't know you, but I don't think I knew in my twenties and thirties, I wasn't being my real self. I think when we're in it, we're just like, I guess this is who I am. I mean, I guess I'm like them, I guess. So we don't realize it because I think we're also trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Who the hell am I? Yeah. And I do think what came, at least for me of that whole 2020 of us, moving, of not having church, of being very isolated is me starting to fig- figure out without the influence of everybody else and figure out what they wanted me to be, was figuring out who actually am I and what what do I believe? And that's what the wilderness can do for you. So that yes. I do think there's some validity and merit in in that alone time and figuring things out before you move on and knowing knowing who you are. And I think that's why it happens in midlife so often. Cause it's like, we don't yeah. know in our 20s, 30s teens, like God bless. Oh. Ah, yeah. okay, hey, Tasha, we'll wrap up here. Anything you
1: want to end on, say? I think that we've we've really said it all. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Here's what I'll say. And you've said it before. This is our friendship anniversary, but I am just like, you're grateful for me. I am so grateful for you. Mm -hmm. It's no small thing when you meet somebody and they love you. And every single day, they love you. Mm -hmm. And for me to be able to be in a relationship where I can literally just be myself. And I don't question that. I've never had a relationship where I didn't question, is this okay? What if I say this or what if I do this or... And in this relationship, I don't really have to question. We're still getting to know each other. So there's still room for us to learn some things, but I know that I can be me and I love you. All of all of your parts. I love you. I just do.
0: And you know more about me than just about
1: anyone. I yeah. think
0: almost anyone, Tasha, because you're such a safe place. You're so safe.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, and I want that for every person just to know that that, is available to you doesn't matter your age where you live it's available
0: That's right that's it that's right and we are going to keep forging forward to cultivate community for people that feel like they don't have it or that feel like they're alone and we are we are in it to help people not feel that way and to feel like they can be them their full selves and be loved Mm -hmm. So thank you, Tasha. I love you. I really wish I could reach out and hug you right now through the screen. Yeah. Mm, This time last week we were hanging out on the, getting ready to hang out on the lake and the pool. Okay. I will see you next month though, but we'll talk before that. Yep. I love you. Yep. Love you too. I hope our conversation has left you hope filled with a sense of knowing you aren't alone and you don't need to change yourself to belong. The retreat Tasha and I spoke of is happening in October of 2022 and you belong there. Stay tuned for more details.